1: You ended it yesterday's program by saying, Colin, that the only way to be truly happy is to do God's will in your life. Now, we are having a close look at the book of Hebrews, seeing what it has to say to us today. And we've seen in the opening verses of chapter 1, we've really been given a profile of the character, the nature, the person of Jesus.
0: And, of course, through all that Jesus accomplished for us and through the sending of his Spirit to live within us, God has made it possible for us to fulfill his will, not by what we do for God, but by the way in which he can express his life in and through us. So, you know, God knows that we would never, out of our own efforts, be able to please him. Uh, Man has tried that for thousands of years and always failed. But when we trust in what Jesus has done, when we live in the good of, of his victory over sin, then we are also able to have victory over sin. And the wonderful thing is that although, uh, unlike Jesus, we sometimes fail, uh, there is forgiveness for our sins, forgiveness for failure. And the writer of the Hebrews is going to explain all this uh, as, as we go through. Uh, But the wonderful thing is, you know, that we need to see what is possible. I I think so many Christians think of themselves as failures. Inevitably, they're going to fail God. They're going to fail to measure up to God's standards and expectations. They almost think and talk their way into failure and defeat before they even start. Whereas what we need to do is is to believe, well, now, God has made it possible for me to live a truly fulfilled life, pleasing him in every way, because he's come to live in me by the Spirit. And if I trust in the Spirit, then I'm going to have a wonderfully happy and fulfilled life. God's plan and purpose for my life is going to be fulfilled because of his grace, his mercy, his love that is at work in and through me.
1: You also mentioned yesterday, Colin, that This week you've been talking about some very, very deep truths and that the most important thing we have to do is to really seek understanding, as it says in the Proverbs, to seek wisdom, to really understand the implications of all this.
0: And that understanding has to begin with this revelation that Jesus Christ is not just an inspired man, he's not just a prophet raised up by God, but he is the Son of God, he is divine, he is God himself. And this is God making everything good. Uh, This is God writing everything that has gone wrong so that ultimately there can be a new heaven and a new earth. And in verse 10, we we have this sort of foundational statement, really. Uh, In the beginning, O Lord, this is God speaking about his son. In the beginning, O Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish but you remain. They will wear out like a garment. There is going to be the end of this earth as we know it, and there's going to be the creation of a new earth. Uh, You will roll them up like a robe, like a garment they will be changed, but you remain the same, and your years will never end. God is eternal. God is above and beyond his creation. So yes, he can create and he can recreate Um, There's a sense in which we see this in our lives personally. He created us in the natural. We are part of his natural creation. But when we're born again, we're recreated. We're given a new life, a new birth. We become a new creation. Um, And uh, so God remains the same. But what he's doing is bringing about this new creation which is going to reflect perfectly his will, his love, his power, his authority, uh, everything that he wants to see in a faithful humanity. Uh, we're not, we don't see all that yet, but what we're called to be as Christians are those who are living the life of the kingdom in the midst of all the turmoil, confusion, and sin that exists in the world today. We are a prophetic people in the sense that we are, we are a people living before our times. We are a people that are heralding the coming of Jesus again, a people that are preparing the way so that today God is establishing his heavenly kingdom in all the kingdoms of the earth. And you see, what we're assured in Scripture is Jesus will only come again when there is a viable um, manifestation of the kingdom of God amongst all the peoples of the world. There will be those who will be ready to greet Jesus on his return.
1: This, These few verses talk about the very beginning and the very end. What about the very end, Colin? There's no hint of when this might be despite the fact that you know we are sort of living in very fearful times.
0: And God intends that deliberately. I mean, if God had wanted us to know um, when he was coming again, uh, there would be far more unrighteousness in the world than exists today because everybody would just do their own thing and sin as much as they like until just before the time when they knew the sun was coming. Then they'd get their act cleaned up and be ready to greet him. So, I mean, there are some things that are particularly vague in Scripture. God does not give us the timing. I mean, even Jesus in his humanity said, well, I don't know the timing. Uh, only God knows the timing when he's going to bring everything to fulfillment in that way.
1: It says the earth will wear out like a garment. I guess there is we are seeing the earth being
0: pushed Yeah, the, the, beyond. I, and you know, it doesn't matter what we do about global warming or anything else. I mean, the the, the earth is going to wear out. But um, Uh, you know, we don't need to fear because if we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to be part of the new creation, uh, which, of course, will be uh, fully realized when Jesus comes again. Then we're going to see the the fulfillment of his purpose to see the kingdom of heaven fully established on the earth. Uh, And in verse 13, again, uh, continuing this argument that the sun is so much greater than the en- angels. To which of the angels did God ever say, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? And of course, that is what is happening now. Jesus is reigning in glory uh, at the Father's right hand, and his enemies seem to be having a wonderful time here on earth, but their days are numbered. Satan's days are numbered. There will come the time when he will be thrown into the abyss and all who follow him, all who serve him, because they live a life of sin and unrighteousness, because they oppose the will and the purposes of God, they unfortunately will be condemned with him. They are condemned already, the scripture says. It's only faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that can take us out of the condemnation that we deserve because of our sin.
1: Quite a, a little insight here into the role of angels.
0: Yes, they are ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. There are angels that are serving you and I and every born-again person who is listening to me at this moment, every born-again person uh, um, who isn't listening to me, <laughs> all over the world. Angels are ministering to us. I mean, I, I can... I, I, I know certain times in my life when angels have ministered to me. Um, but that would only be a very, very, very small um, percentage of the times when actually angels have been guarding me, keeping me um, from danger, from death, from Satan wanting to to destroy me, because, you know, the more God uses a person, the more Satan wants to to uh, end their life and and uh, you know I just know I've been kept and guarded by angels but you know that is not where our focus is to be you see our focus is not to be on the ministry of angels our focus is to be on the sun because the angels are just they're just ministers like we are they they they're just sent to serve us and and see so but it does it does um, show that there's a whole world that Mm. I I think we have very little understanding of, how God is deploying all these angelic beings all over the world, just guarding and keeping and serving and ministering to his people.
1: There's so much we don't see.
0: There's so much we don't see. And uh, that's probably just as well because, um, you know, I, I think there are many people that would pray to angels instead of God and start telling angels what to do. Ah, that's, that's not our job. It's not our job to tell angels what to do. Our, our job is to pray to God. And sometimes, you know, um, you can ask if if you're in a need uh, for God to to send his angels to God and keep you, whatever, however he does it. I mean, I think the focus is to be on God himself. Jesus did say an interesting thing, you know, when he was... Um, as he arrested, uh, you know, don't don't you think that I could summon legions of angels now? Uh, so but but then he was God. He was God in human flesh. I don't think we can summon legions of angels, but God will send whatever angels we need to guard and keep us
1: but it's quite a comforting thought that we're, we may feel alone but actually we're not because God is always ministering to us somehow well
0: you see I mean what's happening when we worship we're joining in an activity that is going on endlessly in heaven all the time you know we are participating in in a spiritual world that is much bigger and greater than we are or anything that exists on the earth as we know it um, and and Uh, it it is that God's heavenly kingdom has come down to earth. This is what happened with the earthly ministry of Jesus, which is why John said um, uh, before the ministry of Jesus began that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. And Jesus said when he began his ministry, the time has come, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the good news, believe the gospel, believe what I say, And then put your faith and trust in what I'm going to do for you. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com.